Lou, what would you like for Christmas? I want an official Red Rider Carbon Action 2 and Wings while airing. No. Shoot your eye out. Can I refill your eggnog for you? Get you something to eat? Drive you out to the middle of nowhere? Leave you for dead? I thought we banned the crying baby sound. Christmas would live in our memories as the Christmas when we were introduced to Chinese turkey. Yes, your Christmas spirit. This is the North Pole. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes! This Christmas music. Now, with Lou Desmond. AM and 590 The Answer here on the Lou Desmond Show coming to you as always from the 90th floor of the downtown San Bernardino Tower Building. And I'm joined in studio by the lovely and talented, although liberal, Georgine Trujillo here in studio. A lot of leather today, Georgine. Um, I'm feeling it. You know, I, I leather, I mean, you know, liberals, PETA, all that. I mean, that's your, your peeps down with, with leather. She oh, you're slowly has been getting converted. Oh, no, come on. I was a competitive horseback rider for 20 years. I'm all about the leather. Oh, there you go. Joining well, us she's here. She's always been converted. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. What the hell was that? Joining us here on the Newsmaker uh, Line, estimable economist Jay Prague. Hey, Jay. I can't, uh, I can't believe I'm not there. I feel like I'm missing a party. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of a Look. It's that time of year. I had uh, I had my uh, Christmas party for my other business today, our public relations firm, and uh, that was. Let's just say that was a lot of fun. And um, I don't feel like doing a serious show tonight. Okay, I'm just okay. just saying. Uh, I normally do a Christmas Eve show where we talk about Christmas stuff. We're going to do this tonight. Hey, folks, if you're out there coming home, look, the traffic is bad tonight. Yeah. Uh, it was bad coming out Yeah, here. it's Good bad. Uh, it's It's been bad everywhere. Yeah. Relax. Uh, we're not going to do anything that's going to get your blood boiling, except maybe this. University of Michigan Department Chair, we should hate Republicans. Okay. National Review Online has published this. A University of Michigan department chairwoman has published an article titled It's Okay to Hate Republicans, which will probably make all of her conservative students feel really comfortable and totally certain they're being graded fairly. Quote, I hate Republicans, communications department chairwoman and Professor Susan J. Douglas boldly declares in the opening of the piece, I can't stand the thought of having to spend the next two years watching Mitch McConnell, John Boehner, Ted Cruz, Daryl Issa, or any of the legions of other blowhards denying climate change, thwarting immigration reform, or championing fetal personhood. She writes that although the fact that her tendency is to blame Republicans may seem biased, may seem biased, she says that in the 1970s she actually worked for a Republican, Rhode Island Senate Minority Leader Fred Lippitt, but now she hates all of them because Lippitt was a brand of Republican who no longer exists in that he was fiscally conservative but progressive about women's rights, racial justice, and environmental preservation. Republicans now, she writes, are focused on the determined vilification of others and have crafted a political identity that rests on a complete repudiation of the idea that the opposing party and its followers have any legitimacy at all. Two core dimensions of conservative thought are resistance to change and strong support for inequality. Oh, boy. Uh, Georgine, uh, this is one of your folks. Uh, (laughs) Man, I thought he said he wasn't going to be serious, right? Well, no, this is actually, this is absurd is what this is. Well, okay, but let's back up on the context in the state. It's Michigan. Um, And if you don't know. Well, Michigan's very 
liberal, yes. Well, but it's also got some very conservative leaders in it. And they've had internally, internally within the state itself, I know because a former colleague of mine is actually a, a sitting uh, legislator there. Uh, there's there's a lot of, uh, uh, how should I say this? For a state that's used to pr- a progression, I think they've faced a lot of uh, conservative values coming at them. And I'm pretty sure that a lot of that was probably inflamed from what's happening in, in, in the state. Well, itself. yeah, I, there's a lot of anger on the liberal side right now. But, Jay, uh, you know, I think people could say of both you and I mm-hmm. that we support inequality. I mean, I've said many times on this show, I want T-shirts that say, I heart income inequality. Well, because, uh, yeah, but I mean, it's a, it's a tongue-in-cheek thing where uh, the alternative to inequality is uh, tax away all the success from all the successful and give it to everybody else, uh, oh, flatten okay. out the income distribution in a way that destroys anything that resembles an incentive uh, you know, uh, I mean, but I, know, I not... think you guys are talking economics. I don't know necessarily if she's talking about economics. I think she's well, no. Kind of... Look, let's use her own words and be very clear. She says that Republicans strongly support inequality. Yes, but inequality isn't just economics. Inequality is also like if we want to talk about the immigration issue. I mean, it's a social issue at that point. I don't inequality think inequality is a I, women's I, I, issue. I, I, That's the social I, I don't, issue. I don't. I don't think. I don't think that. Any Republican that I know supports inequality based on gender, based on race, ethnicity, anything like that. As a matter of fact, the uh, people of color that are Republicans tend to be ones that are very hardworking, build themselves up, uh, you know, Charles Barkley types, um, that think that the alternative approach is to keep people in their place by telling them that, that they constantly need government help. You know? Well, I, I, I think, think that's that the, one extreme view. I think the other extreme view on this is that we, I, I think that from a Democratic perspective, the view really is, you know, not everybody's going to pull themselves up from their bootstraps. Many why? Of the conservatives, because it's not, not everybody does. It, it, oh, it, but history, not everybody his, does doesn't history, mean that everybody couldn't. But history's proven that that's just, that's, that's an idealistic perspective. History's proven that too. So the next place would be, do we look at, um, you know, when we talk about equality, there's a reason why we have, you know, uh, equal rights and things like that, because it didn't people didn't just pull themselves up from their bootstraps. They had to be, you know, beaten down to then get rights. All right. Well, she goes on to say these in turn are core elements of social intolerance, which could certainly lead to a desire to deride those not like you, whether people of color, LGBT people or Democrats, which is the point that you were making, was it's more than just financial inequality that she's talking about. But I, I take, you know, I got to say, we, I, I'm, I'm laughing this off, but at the same time, I take great offense to this because it's saying basically Republicans are racist, misogynistic, homophobes. Right. And and that's just not the case. No, it's not the case for a, a good majority of people. However, and you can't I mean, you can deny it, I suppose. But I mean, you know, we can Google it to discuss it. There are members of the party that have come out of your party that have come out very much. Like and there that. are Sony executives who are very liberal, have been who have been outed as being extremely racist. And they've been called out, too. Right. And so, look. Racism is not what she's doing. And what I find offensive is she is assigning a set of values that I find repulsive to a political party. Well, I promise you, Lou, if you were on the radio with you, you'd probably have her on the show and you two would be in sync. 
Well, NSYNC actually is a boy band, which yeah. I would not have been a part of, but in any case. <laughs> Jay, any final thoughts on this one before I move on to something else that I think would be uh, right? I think, I think it, it's um, appalling that an academic would come out and say anything like that, and then an academic in a space that calls itself communications would come out and say anything like that. I don't actually mind if, if somebody who is a politician or politically driven wants to say things like that. But she might as well call herself a bigot, too, because what she just espoused was a perspective that people who don't agree with her, by are definition, bigots. are bad people. Right. That's uh, hooey. All right, so quickly here, i got to get this in. After the news began to spread of Columbia University granting students extensions on their exams due to the protests of the recent grand jury decisions in Ferguson and New York City, other schools, such as Georgetown and Harvard, began requesting the same delays. Did you see this story? No, but I'm just... In the wake of this news, one student from Oberlin College emailed her professor with this similar request. I don't know if you've been in the conversation with other students or faculty regarding finals. I do know that the college administration has done little, if anything, to support the students and how they're struggling and feeling traumatized, especially students of color. I'm asking you that you create an option, if you've not already done so, for students who do not feel like they are in a place emotionally, mentally, or physically to postpone the following statistics final. I know that you have the ability and power to make decisions like this, and I'm asking you to use your power to support your students who have put so much energy into this class already. They're tired, they're hurting beyond belief, and their well-being needs to be prioritized. And if you, Professor Prague, received an email such as this, your response would be? You know, I actually said it on the show some weeks ago. If a student went out of one of my classes to join one of these protests and could write me an articulate, intelligent paper, about the facts of the case and got it all right, I'd see if I could figure something out. But chances are they're going to tell me a whole bunch of stuff that was rumor, unsupported, undocumented, internet-driven, you know, hurdle that, that it, you know, wasn't supported by any of the facts of the case. It's a very sad outcome. It's a very sorry uh, turn of events. But, you know, we have laws in this country that say... When you're told by the police to do something, like get out of the middle of the street and get your hands off my gun, you should probably do that. All right, now here's the professor's response. It is uh, very brief. No. (laughs) 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 To which she sent it out via Facebook with a trigger warning. Violent language regarding an extremely dismissive response from a professor. This is an email exchange I had with my professor this evening. We're obviously not preaching to the choir. Professors and administration at Oberlin need to be held accountable for their words and actions and have a responsibility to their students. I love that she puts a trigger warning and calls no violent language. Still trying to run a business with phone company internet that just crawls? I have to ask why, because Charter Business Internet has speeds up to 100 megabits per second, which is a fancy way of saying over 15 times faster to AT&T DSL. Don't take my word for it, though. Put your current business internet to the test at charterbusiness.com forward slash speed test. Go there, check out the side-by-side comparison, see for yourself what a dramatic difference Charter Business could make in your office. You'll be able to get all of your employees online with more devices happily working faster than they ever were able to with slow phone company internet. Now that's productivity. Compare your internet speed at charterbusiness.com forward slash speed test. Seriously, why crawl when you can run? Take my advice. Switch to Charter Business today, 855-FAST-001. Now, 855-FAST-001. All right, when we come back, hey, what's everybody's favorite Christmas movies? Facebook me. Tweet me. Let's find out. AM 590 The Answer. Right back. Right after this. And when we come back, he's going to tell you where to tweet him and Facebook him. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
Welcome back to the Lou Desmond Show, coming to you from the Charter Business Studio in San Bernardino. And now, here's Lou Desmond. Back here on the Lou Desmond Show. Okay, do we have any of the... I, I'd like how to have... How you tell them where to tweet you in Facebook first? Okay, how do I do that? <sighs> <laughs> What am I going to do with you? <laughs> I'm sorry. Lou Desmond Show. Lou Desmond Show. Communications guy. Lou stop. Okay, stop. <laughs> if you want to tweet Lou, tweet him at Lou Desmond 590. And it's the same thing for Facebook. Lou Desmond 590. I know my personal one. I just the station one eludes me sometimes. Lou Desmond 590. That's it. Hey, if you want to tweet me on Facebook, we do it now. No. Hey, find the answer right back right after this. <laughs> but just forget, just forget the details. Look it up. Okay. Yeah, look, look it up. up. Figure it out. Google me. Stop it. All right. Okay. Here we go. Lovely and talented liberal, my favorite liberal, joins us here on the program regularly, and estimable economist Jay Prague from the Drucker School. I have you both because you're a couple of my more silly guests in terms of you. You both are people of good humor, and I want to do some Christmas stuff, and I want to. I want to start with, first of all, um, favorite Christmas movies. I mean, I have a couple that are kind of wacky, and so I'll go ahead and go to Jay first. Um, okay, well, mine aren't all that wacky. And, of course, you know, you've known me now for over four years. Uh, I'm an old movie buff. I'm an old, uh, you know, Humphrey Bogart and old days type movies uh, person. Um there, there's one nobody knows uh, that's based on an old Broadway uh, show called The Man Who Came to Dinner, which I watch I every it. Christmas Eve when I'm wrapping my presents. Aww. But my favorite straight-up Christmas movie is the original, none of the remakes, Miracle on 34th Street. Okay. Nice. Right. Classic, obviously. Yeah. Uh, any, any of the other modern uh, Christmas movies, anything that jumps out to you from there? Mm, I've seen them all, and, and uh, you know, they're cute. I... Uh, not so much a movie, but I, I, I'll, I'll admit to always having enjoyed the original cartoon, the Chuck Jones cartoon of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. The original is, is hysterical. Yeah. Uh, Georgine. Okay, so for me, uh, on the more old school side, and it's not really identified as a Christmas movie, but I think it is, is Auntie Mame. Okay. Oh, I love yeah, that, that movie. Love, yeah. love, love. That, that's as old as mine. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, of course, on the more modern side, it, it's a Christmas story. In fact, just a, 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 a side note, um, recently just saw a burlesque Decker, performance of Alfie. Um, and so that's kind of one of my second. And then I think in the middle, you know, I, I don't know who the maker was, but remember when you were growing up and you had the puppeteer type TV shows? Of oh, all the claymation stuff, stuff, right? Those things always I get nostalgic for. Yeah, yeah. I, that's, I, that reminds me of my childhood as yeah. well, Rudolph and, and Frosty and all those. All right, Gabriel, I sent you a couple of clips. Uh, I'm going to see if people can identify. I'm in love, I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it. Honey, uh, not now, uh... Can you please go back to the uh, to the pit? I'll come visit you in a little while, okay? I didn't know you had elves working here. Oh, boy, you're you're hilarious, my friend. He doesn't. Uh, <laughs> get back to the story, please. Uh, <clears throat> so, on the cover above the title, does Santa know that you left the workshop? <laughs> no, we're all laughing our heads off. Did you have to borrow a reindeer to get down here, buddy? Back to the base pay. I've got houses in L.A., Paris, and Vail. Oh. Each one of them with a 70-inch plasma screen. So I suggest you wipe that stupid that smile off your face yeah. before I come over there and smack it off. You feeling strong, my friend? Call me Elf one more time. He's an angry elf. 
of that. Oh, uh, yeah. I look. I'm I'm not a the world's hugest Will Ferrell fan. Yeah. I'm not like into the the silly kind of slapstick humor stuff that that he does in, in a lot of his movies. Yeah. But that scene is great. Is it kills me every time I see that scene in that movie. Feeling strong, man. <laughs> and and you got to get the visual. It's if you haven't seen the movie. There is a, a, an actual what is the politically correct term for little person, person little correct? Person. Yep. There's an actual little person who is an author yeah. who is highly prized that they're having this meeting with in the board meeting. Yeah. And the Will Ferrell character comes in who's an, actually an elf. Right. Uh, and he looks at him. And he says, "Oh, you're you're an elf like me." And, yeah. and it is just hysterical because obviously this little person is not an elf. He's a little person. Yeah. And he's a very proud guy. And then he ends up beating the. Out of the out of the Will Ferrell's character. Out of, out of, out of buddy. Jay, do you like any of the modern Christmas movies like those things? Um, I, I'm you know you you actually said it when you you talked about uh, Will Ferrell. So many of the ones that they've tried to make uh, have people in them that I just don't think are as funny as everybody else seems, seems to think they are. Um, I, I don't you know Tim Allen is okay. Uh, yeah. He made one. Uh, I guess it was uh, it wasn't bad. Yeah, uh, but I, I'm schmaltzy. I mean, I, it's very funny. As soon as, your, uh, as soon as Georgine said the uh, Andy Mame thing, I've had since then. Uh, we need a little Christmas running through my head, which is a song yeah. from that yep. from that music. Yeah. Yeah, so. yep. Right? Yeah. No. Yeah. And, uh, that's and, you know uh, obviously Elf, one of the modern movies that I like. Another one, actually, my favorite, my favorite Christmas movie, uh, is a modern Christmas movie, and it starred the comic genius. Bill Murray. Seven o'clock. Psycho sees Santa's workshop, and only Lee Majors can stop them. In the night, the reindeer die. Be here. You can't show that commercial. That thing looked like the the Manson family Christmas special. (laughs) Yes, you're you're a tad off base, sir. He's a thoughtful boss. Thanks, boys. Get the nurse. A generous brother. What did he give you last year? Uh, I don't remember. A shower curtain. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this, that's the one. trailer uh, from from Scrooge. You know, my my, I, I've got a couple of scenes from that movie that, that I really love, uh, and, and one of them is when the the first ghost, who's his old boss, right? Because it's it's the Scrooge story, right? It's just told in a modern time, and instead of him being a financial guy who's running a, an accounting house. He's running a network. Right. And he's just an insensitive jerk, just like, you know, Scrooge was. Right. But there's a great scene where his old boss bursts in to his office uh, and he says, you're going to be visited by three ghosts. And he says, to expect the first tomorrow at noon, he says, oh, noon's bad for me, Jay. <laughs> you know, I'm really busy this yeah. time of year. Can we maybe? And he grabs him up and he pushes him out the window and he's holding him out the window. He says, oh, no, Lou, not like this. They'll think I'm a suicide. Yeah. I like it when the rat pushes the golf ball out of his head. Oh, yeah. That's I love a great that. moment in that, that movie, movie. And as it's well. one of the subtleties. All right, Jay, if you haven't seen it, have you seen Scrooged? You know, I have not. I, I've <sighs> seen several older versions of yeah. this story, but uh, no, I haven't seen that. Yeah, you know, if you haven't seen it, I'll watch it. Uh, go and get everybody. If it's it's it, it honestly my favorite modern yeah. Christmas movie, uh, and the wonderful uh, talented Karen Allen, yes, uh, oh, I like Karen Allen. is is in the movie as well. It was the last movie she made before she kind of yeah had the issues that she had. Yeah. Uh, and the, the, the supporting cast includes a lot of people you recognize. 
Uh, and it's just, it's a hysterical, they hysterical do, it's movie. A, it's a classic feel. I mean, the thing is, is it, it well, it's a comedy. It isn't so schlapsticky, no. kind of like what we're used to seeing now on the TV. You know TV? the scene where he sees the guy, he's on fire, the waiter, and he, he yeah, throws the, little... the water at him, and yeah. he, he goes, sorry for a minute, I thought you were Richard Pryor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very old school. Yeah. But with, with, it's good entertainment. I enjoy that movie. Yeah, yeah, so Scrooge Scrooged is a great one. Uh, Elf, also something else. But of course... Uh, my you fill your eggnog for you, get you something to eat, drive you out to the middle of nowhere, leave you for dead. No, I'm doing just fine, Clark. <laughs> that is Christmas Vacation. Oh, that, that's, eh, you know, the vacation movies, eh, eh okay. Eh. But the favorite, of course, and the one that I watch every year, uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Of course. Uh, which, uh, you know, is, is movie. J- You're a classic movie guy, so you probably know a lot of things about It's a Wonderful Life, correct? Oh, sure. That's... Um... Uh, Frank Capra, uh, yeah, that's Jimmy Stewart. Famous. By the way, I'll 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 promote a little bit for you. Scrooge is is on Netflix for people who have Netflix. Yes, yes. I, I just happened to have checked while we were yes. talking. A so. uh, couple of uh, interesting facts about It's a Wonderful Life. Um, it was not a Christmas movie. It was released during the summer. It was not designed as a Christmas film. Right. It was a critical and box office flop at the time it was released. It cost $3.7 million to make. It only made about $3 million back. But it was a cheap movie that had a Christmas theme that in the 70s uh, started getting shown a lot on TV. Right. And people fell in love with the movie and then have been demanding to see it. Ever since, it really was not a Christmas film. It's actually a very dark film if you watch right. the thing well, all the way through. But if you count like like things like Sound of Music, that's a considered a Christmas film too. Yeah, which is not a very dark movie too. Exactly. <laughs> hey, it's about the Nazis. Hey, <laughs> five ninety the answer. Lou Desmond show wacky Christmas things when we come back. Back here on the Lou Desmond Show, and I am joined by Esmo economist Jay Prague from the Drucker School on the Newsmaker Line. And across from me, in the studio, the leather-clad and rested-looking Georgine Trujillo. How are you? I'm grandiose. You look great. And Thank you. so, have things been going well? Yeah, things are good. Do you like this time of year? I love you. Sh- my house looks like Santa threw up all over. <laughs> I actually, speaking of the Christmas Carol, I just set up my um, Charles Dickens. Do you have a Dickens Village? Oh, sure. Oh, do. see now, my wife does too. Yes, I inherited it from my mother. So yeah, uh, that's a Christmas tradition that we started before we even got married. Is that I, I buy two pieces for my wife every year. One she gets right after Thanksgiving, and then we open one under the tree. And so, gosh, we've been together. A little your, over 10 years. Your village so. is much bigger than mine. Yeah, we got about 25 <laughs> or 30 pieces. I don't now. know what I fact, do with we, what we I... had to go out and buy a shelf unit. Sure. That we are only put out around Christmas time because otherwise, I mean, it's not like our house is full of knickknacks right. most of the year because we got the kids running around and the cats and the dogs and everything else. So speaking of which, we have a new cat this year, uh, and it's the first time Bella has been in the house. And of course fascinated by the village we're constantly having to get bella away from right uh the stuff it's just you know one of those things by the way congratulations you had a, a nice christmas present from your daughter yesterday yes as a matter of fact uh, my daughter savannah uh had uh an ice skating competition and yes. she took first place yes she did oh congratulations Lou. Yeah. uh so you know i'm very thrilled i'll tell you one thing is she she looks the part if yes. you've seen the video yes she she looks she did it great yeah and she rocked it 
You know, there are other kids that are more athletic than her in terms of the heights of their jumps and their speed and stuff. But you know what she's got? She's got grace. Yeah. Which is the funniest thing because you would never equate that word with me (laughs) in any way. It's like the last word. Lou Desmond, what's the last word I would ever attach? Um, Graceful. Uh, so anyway, gets it from her mother, who's a competition skater. Oh, All right, more like patient, quiet, <laughs> long suffering, you... willing to suffer fools gladly. Oh, good. Equanimous. Lord. Okay, it's let's talk about cheerful things now. Yeah, let's talk about uh, Christmas traditions. All right, All Jay, right. Uh, give me give me a Christmas tradition from your family that you really like. Uh, my not my family growing up. My family uh, uh, in my adulthood, right? Um, let's either see. one. Um, well, we're, we're, we were always real traditional with uh, the kids, you know, so presents were only in the morning, no presents uh, the night before or anything like that. We would uh, usually have the big meal on Christmas Day. Christmas uh, Eve, uh, we would pack the kids into the car and drive all over Claremont and look at all the lights all over town. <laughs> and uh, there's one street that did it up, you know, right. And the whole always is that one. Yeah, and we would always go up there, but... Uh, you know, there's always a few houses. There's one on Town Avenue in Claremont that you could see from the space shuttle. It's just unbelievable. It's just, you know, uh, you, you drive by the house and you just look at it and you think, I think they missed one spot there on the corner of the house. There's no light on that one. Right there. <laughs> yeah, right. And right. speaking of Christmas Vacation, uh, uh, the Jeffy Chase movie, it's kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. The house, yeah. Georgine? Um, growing up, we used to, Christmas Eve, um, we would go to fam- friends and families during the day on mm-hmm. Christmas Eve. And then uh, in my old days, I used to go to Catholic Church for the Midnight Ceremony. Oh, yeah. Oh, midnight I did that Mass. Too. I think all three of us did that one. And yeah. then after that, we'd end up at my great-grandmother's house for Pozole. And then after that, we'd be home. And then Christmas Day, our house was just a flood of family and friends all day for hours and hours. And, of course, plethora of presents until, you know, we passed out. Uh, I, I grew up Catholic, as, you know, yeah. you and Jay as well, apparently, and did the whole Midnight Mass thing. But... My family had basically a block party Christmas yep. Eve party every year. Uh, we would have, at, at the height of it, when I was maybe in my teens and my parents were in their late 50s, well, mo- no, more like my late 60s, because my parents are, were much older, um, we would have a couple hundred people oh, yeah. through the house uh, between 8 p.m. and 11 o'clock, easy, uh, and my dad would make the real traditional eggnog. Oh wow! From the raw eggs wow. and buttermilk wow. and everything that that which went back to his father sure. and his father before him, and so it was an old recipe from like the 1850s, and it had about five or six different kinds of booze in it. Sure. And, and I and I swear, if you lit a match near it, <laughs> the thing would be like a flambe. So. The funny thing happened one year is my uh, my sister Alana we would we would go to midnight mass and then in the morning uh, we would get up and and do like you do pile in the car and go go yeah. visit all the local in, local uh, uh, cousins and so forth and so uh, my sister Alana was just not getting out of bed and not getting out of bed and not getting out of bed and I was younger and I I remember you know as a kid wondering what the heck is going on you know why you know why is this taking so long because we can't open presents until everybody's together, so uh, finally uh, my mom calls my dad and then they're both gone for a few minutes and I I didn't understand what happened but years later I found out the story, <laughs> and my sister 
was in the bedroom and she would not get up. She was covering her eyes, her face with the pillow. My mother was like, what's wrong with you? She says, I have a brain tumor. You have to call the ambulance. I have a brain tumor. My, my head is, you know. And so my dad came in later and he, and he says, um, did you have any of the eggnog by any chance? <laughs> And she said, well, just three small glasses. Oh, no. And she was like 15. Oh, no. So she was experiencing her first really bad hangover. (laughs) Uh, And she was convinced it was a brain tumor, (laughs) which I still to this day think is one of my... If you put it in a movie, it would be it would be a funny story. Yeah, we have some wacky traditions from around the world. Yeah, Georgine, do you want to pick out a couple that that jump out to you? Yeah, yeah. I think one of my favorites is um, they call it. Hold on, I'm sorry, it's on the other page. Um, they call it. Don't throw out that horse skull just yet. Don't throw out that horse skull just yet. Okay. So I'll read it. Or if you're looking to make some extra cash, you can follow this old tradition from Wales called the Mari Lude or Vern, Vernable. Vern, Vern, I want to say. Vern. Okay, try that again. <laughs> Have you gotten into the eggnog already, no, Georgine? Oh, I wish I had. Mari Lude, uh, Venerable Mary, Vernable Mary, whatever. It's mm-hmm. easy. Just find a horse skull because you'll need that. Also, make yourself a horsehair sheet, maybe out out of the salvaged hair of the horse you get the skull from. Wow. Because you'll need that, too. Get yourself some mummers and a bucket. Now, go out about the town covered in the horsehair sheet, holding the horse's head up on a pike. Make the horse's skeleton's mouth. Somehow, you know, nothing says Merry Christmas like a horse's head on a pike and a horsehair shirt. Jay? I've always thought of that, yeah. Yeah. Jumps right into my head, yeah. Yeah, right? Well, there's an irony of me reading this particular one. And that is? Well, you know how I feel about horses. I think the day I'd kill a horse, I'd kill myself. Well, okay. All right, so um that's one of one of the wackier one of the wackier traditions. But that's one. There's a lot of, of I like Chris- the bottoms up one. Look at the bo- back page. Well, there's a lot that strike me as interesting where <laughs> Oh my goodness. I told where, you. where it has to do with warding off of evil, evil spirits. spirits. Yes, which one. I think is odd. They have one for witches and warlocks in there. Uh in Greece there's a need to ward off bad spirits similarly to other countries. Kalakatzori are evil spirits that live deep inside the earth most of the year, but wreak havoc on Greek homes over the Christmas holiday. Why? There are lots of ways to ward off these pests, which are described differently at every turn. Some say they look like people. Some say they look like very tall things that wear metal shoes. I happen to like the description that says they have monkey arms and red eyes and are covered in fur. Here's how you fix it, though. Just hang (laughs) a pig jaw inside your chimney... And that will keep them from coming down. I mean, Jay, you've always got a spare pig jaw laying around, correct? You know, hang on. Here it is. Yeah, I got it right here. I'm good to go. I I mean, those are some serious thieves if they're having to, like, ward them off. Uh, Bad witches and evil spirits also are a problem in Norway around the Christmas time. Norway takes preventative measures on Christmas Eve when evil baddies and baddie witches might try to make off with your brooms. I'm sorry. That's what I like. I'm okay. Sorry. Hide all your brooms. Apparently, Christmas Eve is prime broom joyriding time in Norway for evil spirits. I'm going to try Let's to hope ride. it doesn't come here, too. So, I, what? what is... I mean, there are some odd traditions. I, I, Gabe, you, you hail from... Mexico. We have tamale making. I mean, is there anything? are not that weird. Really? No. We have tamale. I mean, it was sort of like be doing Day of the Dead on Christmas Eve, wouldn't it? We have posada. 
Las, Las Posadas. Las Posadas. Yeah, that's but, what we but have. But that's not really done here. Yeah, it is. Not, it, no, not, not like it's done there, but it is not done. Not like it's done over there. But I've seen, you know. Yeah, Las Posadas, Yeah, so. it's pretty nice. Yeah, it's beautiful. There's a Casada feast, <laughs> which takes place in Portugal. And what you do there, what is it with some of these countries and evil spirits and the dead at Christmas? I don't know. I you that... set extra places at your dinner table for the souls of the dead. Nothing says Christmas well, to me okay, like, but hey, we have extra plates set out for the dead people. But that's like Las, Pos- but that's like Las Posadas. Carrots to the reindeer, huh? Yeah, I guess, right? But that's like Las Posadas. That's what Las Posadas is partly about. So that's, that's an interesting that it's like, it's kind of has a little bit of a universal tradition to it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, but, that, but, that that's some wacky traditions from around the world. It's it's weird to me. I think of Christmas as such a joyous, happy thing. It's yeah. weird that other traditions around the world would mix in well, evil spirits and well, but maybe it's baddies. Like, but it really, okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go to a place. I Please think. explain this to me. I I kind of think it takes into that whole like you know part of Christmas is the rebirth, the death and the rebirth thing. Right. right. So, this but is, but Christmas is just the birth. Well. But I guess it kind of incorporates... What the heck? Is he over here doing the cha-cha or what? No, no. no that's a Christmas song in Spanish. Oh, it is. If it doesn't say Feliz Navidad, no, I, I don't I have know no idea it either. <laughs> it was my grandmother's favorite Christmas song. God, wow. That was horrible. <laughs> I thought you were one of, my, one of my people's earlier. We have posadas. Wee, wee, wee. I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, there's wee, wee, wee. I'm, just, I'm sorry. That was no. my grandmother's favorite No, it's not. It's fine. All right, Jay. Uh, Georgine, just a couple minutes left. Quickly. Yeah. Your... Favorite Christmas present you ever got? My favorite Christmas. Yeah, the thing that you remember is a. Let's go childhood here. Okay. The thing that jumps out. This should be easy. Quick. This should be quick. This should be easy yeah, for Gabe because he could remember this because he's you know just out of this, childhood. This just happened. This just yeah. happened for him. So, okay. Well, I'll give you my quick. Quick. Uh, Terminator Two came out. My mom and my dad surprised me with all the action figures for Terminator Two. Awesome. When I was a kid. Um, it was awesome. I had the motorcycle, the action figures, and. So they they went an extra step and they actually put them on my bed. So when I woke up, they were actually on my oh, bed. Oh, that's, that's, cool. that's pretty cool. Yeah. It would be a attack trunk. I really wanted one one year. What is that? So when you're a competitive horseback rider, you want a, you have a trunk when you ride horses anyway. And this was a custom made tack trunk with all the different oh, shelves. Oh, so all the shelves, so you could put all so your put stuff, stuff in one place. Got yeah. it, Jay. Well, you're gonna like this one in a weird way. After asking for it for a couple of years, uh, one year I finally got a twenty-two uh, rifle. Nice. And um, the reason that was a favorite present, uh, all of the kids where I grew up uh, shot and, and did things, but it showed me that my parents thought that I was responsible enough to yeah. have a rifle. One year I got a Kung Fu Grip G.I. Joe and the helicopter that came with it. Oh, so awesome. that's the one I remember. Awesome. You're cool. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate Happy you being Christmas. here. Happy Christmas. Happy holidays. Christmas. Happy Christmas. Are you still trying to run a business with phone company internet that just crawls? I have to ask why, because Charter Business Internet has speeds up to 100 megabits per second, which is a fancy way of saying over 15 times faster than AT&T DSL. But don't take my word for it. Put your current business internet to the test at charterbusiness.com forward slash speed test. Go there, check out the side-by-side comparison, and see for yourself what a dramatic difference Charter Business could make in your office. You'll be able to get all of your employees online with more devices, happily working faster than they were ever able to with slow phone company internet. Now that's productivity. So compare your internet speed at charterbusiness.com forward slash speed test and call 855-FAST-001 and get much faster internet starting at just $55 a month when bundled with advanced business phones. Seriously, why crawl when you can run? Take my advice and switch to Charter Business today. Call 855-FAST-001 now. That's 855-FAST-001. 
Blue Desmond Show right back right after this. Welcome back to the Lou Desmond Show, coming to you from the Charter Business Studio in San Bernardino. And now, here's Lou Desmond. Bells will be ringing, the sad, sad news. AM 590 The Answer, back here on the Lou Desmond Show. And as we usually have, this time of the week, I am joined in studio by Craig Strom, Formulation. That's right, personalpensionformulation.com. And here's the thing. I have you here because I absolutely am committed to leaving something for the next generation, my kids. Yeah. You know what I've gone through recently with my family's trust and what a mess that turned into. Uh, I don't want my kids to go through that. I want to make sure I leave something behind. I don't believe the model should be, hey, let's save, save, save just enough so that we make sure uh, we eke out a bare living and then die and burn it down basically. right to right. nothing yeah exactly. ridiculous and our government uh well you know you turned me on to this tell the people what's going uh, on greg a, it's yeah. scary this actually came through one of my channels in the uh, financial planning uh, magazines that uh, come out to people like myself i'm a certified financial planner so i got this in my mailbox today and the headline is irs urged to crack down on multi-million dollar iras Crack down? Yes. Crack down crack on multi-million down dollar IRAs. a terrible IRA. thing to say. Well, wait a minute. We're not supposed to crack down on our IRAs. Weren't we told we were supposed to put money into We're our IRAs? We're supposed to double down on the IRAs. Yes. Double down. Max them out. Get them big. Get them fat. And here's the report actually came down where the Government Accountability Office was tasked, was asked to look into the statistics behind IRAs and 401ks. And ultimately, their findings came back and led, here we go, let me grab the quote, the Senate Finance Committee Chairman, Ron Wyden, he's Democrat Oregon, he issued a statement that called these mega IRAs. <laughs> Starting to coin wow. phrases that sound sinister, mega IRAs, and then went, out to, went on to say that the savings in the U.S. is completely out of whack. The retirement savings in the U.S. is completely out of whack. What does that even mean? Well, in my opinion, now I'll, I'll hop up on my soapbox. My opinion is these, this is saber rattling in Washington to set up the conversation for going after people who they deem have too much money in their uh, IRA. You know, you're, you have too much money. We're going to have to take some. Absolutely. That's so you've got terms like mega IRA and it's out of whack. And we've got to go after fraud and abuse in the tax code. And how is it fraud or abuse if you just saved your own money? Oh, well, we're just saving too much or there's got to be something where we we are investing inappropriately or we we didn't invest it correctly or we rolled it over improperly. We didn't follow the rules, but we need to have an entire team of people that's out there hunting down people who might have violated this rule. So we've been told to save money in our IRAs, in our 401ks, and now the government looks poised to go after people who saved too successfully? Yes, absolutely. Awesome. So if you actually saved too much or you were too successful, you fall into this category now of this mega IRA. Oh, so, the scary mega IRA. Exactly. So it's just this language setting up the conversation in Washington. And you and I have talked about this, which is why personalpensionformulation.com is so important. 
and why I'm committed to what you guys do, that basically it's like that Gary Larson cartoon where all the cows are getting in line. Absolutely. All the cows getting into line and the one cow saying, hey, no cutting. Right. right. Well, we, right. we we have no idea. They're on their way to the slaughterhouse. <laughs> yeah, we have no idea why we're standing in line. We're just standing in line because everybody told us to stand in line. And now we've got this again. We've got Washington insiders now actually saying things like it's abundantly clear. This is Senator again, the senator again, saying it's abundantly clear that America needs a better system and tax code that supports retirement planning for all Americans. All right. So, look, basically, you don't want to be the cow getting in line. And it looks like now that the government is getting prepared to go after people who they think have too much money saved in IRAs and 401ks. So where do you go? Well, th- that's a great question. Hey, that's hey, why we put, created that. No. Put it in your mattress? No, yeah, the mattress. Uh, then you end up throwing the mattress away by mistake. So you don't put it in the mattress. Uh, but here's the scary part. $5.2 trillion that's currently already in IRAs and 401ks. So here's what we did at personalpensionformulation.com. We actually made it our mission to educate people on this crisis coming and to make sure that they understand that there are solutions, that you have connections, you have resources. So there's a free report at personalpensionformulation.com free report go there download it it's a simple request you'll it'll pop right into your mailbox and it starts that learning process we're here to help don't be a sheeple go to personalpensionformulation.com get out of the line with everybody else who's going to the slaughterhouse and and realize folks as i did the scales came i had my road to damascus moment with craig you know about a year ago uh and the government is not there to help you they've set up the ira and 401k systems to serve their needs not yours, and they're moving to take your money. You can see it right here in this article. So, Yeah, absolutely. Be prepared. Get to personalpensionformulation.com. Get the free report. Seek that knowledge. Seek that help. And Merry Christmas to everybody. AM 590 The Answer, Lou Desmond Show. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Lou Desmond, and I'm gone. Tune in tomorrow as Lou Desmond will tell you what sheeple is.